In this episode of Navigating the Noise, I'm joined by Alex Wilson, co-founder of The Giving Block. Today we will discuss how their platform helps individuals and institutions donate Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in a manner that is similar to how we currently donate stocks and other traditional assets. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinion of Archetype Wealth Partners or its advisors. The mention of different asset types or securities do not constitute a recommendation for our clients. If you have any questions about the content of this podcast, please contact your advisor. Today I have with me Alex Wilson with The Giving Block, and they've set up an interesting company uh, where they're helping individuals give away Bitcoin, uh, donate Bitcoin. And so he's going to kind of walk us through how that works and what that looks like. Thanks for having me on, Kane. So um, the quick background is, you know, we're making it as easy as possible for nonprofits to be able to accept crypto donations. We're working with hundreds of groups. I think it's almost 400 now. Everything from your, your local church or even local YMCA up until the big guys like American Cancer, Save the Children, United Way Worldwide, um, and raising millions of dollars a month for these charities. So it's really taken off, as you can imagine, as crypto has taken off, so has crypto giving. Um, and you know, we don't think this is going to slow down anytime soon. And I'm sure this is only going to become more common every day. Yeah. And that's awesome. And part of how I found you was on Twitter. Um, we, at my firm, we do a lot helping high net worth and, and individual clients give away money. So we focus a lot on generosity. They seem to love it. Uh, it helps them feel like they're a part of something, participate in organizations that they feel good about making a greater good in other people's lives. And so what was interesting to me and part of what I'm doing is trying to bridge that gap between traditional finance and crypto finance. And so there's a lot of misunderstanding, uh, but really when you look at the underlying rails, it's all the same as what we're comfortable with in the last five decades, new technology helping do that. So um, we do a lot with Schwab Charitable and National Christian Foundation and some other DAFs uh, where we help our clients donate in that way. Are you guys structured similar to that or is it completely different given the nature of the new asset class? Yeah, we're structured uh, quite differently, although we do have clients that are donor advised funds similar to Schwab Charitable. Um, in most cases, though, we are, you know, working directly with the nonprofit organization so they can accept the assets directly. The assets, you know, they aren't passing through us. They're going directly from the donor to the nonprofit. And, you know, when we onboard them, part of that onboarding process is actually opening up a crypto exchange account in their legal name as part of the process. But we really abstract a lot of the complexity away. So the full process is really very automated for them. And for them, it's just like getting any other, you know, let's say credit card or stock gift, right? In the end, they're getting US dollars because we're giving them the option of having all the crypto automatically converted to US dollars, having automatic tax receipts go out to donors, automatically bringing them the donor info, right? So really making this easy for them. So it's just like getting a cash donation. Awesome. So you guys have basically made it easy. So if I'm hearing you correctly, the institution doesn't have to worry about all the intricacies of creating, setting up a wallet and, and all the stuff that's so hard and complex. And then me, on the other hand, if I'm giving somebody a thousand dollars in Bitcoin or Ethereum or some other token, I just reach out to you guys and say, I would like to make a donation. I see that you work with an entity and then you help me decide where to send that money to what wallet. And you've helped the entity set up the wallet. Is that correct? 
Yeah, and it's actually even easier than that because if you don't want to, you don't have to reach out to us. You can just donate right on the nonprofit's website or on our website. We've created a really easy to use donation widget where you know it's a couple easy steps. You're picking which crypto you want to donate, how much you want to donate, and to which organization you want to donate to. A couple steps. And then you're you know getting a wallet address that belongs to that nonprofit and you know clicking send on your wallet and you're done. It's uh, the way we put it is it's it's got the same tax benefits of stock donations, but the simplicity and sort of ease of use of a credit card donation. Um, so it's that perfect sweet spot in between the two. <laughs> That's great because um, you know we help clients give stock. Obviously, giving appreciated stocks a lot better than cash uh, because you've already paid tax on that. And then when you give away appreciated stock, you get to save some tax um, and pass on more benefit. You know, you you pay less out of your pocket because you don't pay that tax out of its pre-tax money. So um, that also seems to help, you know, money go further, especially with these giant gains that uh, some players or, or some older hodlers have in the crypto space. Um, do you see that group? Is this a first time thing for giving for them or are they accustomed to giving from maybe having done it in the traditional world? What, what does that look like? Yeah, so there's a couple different scenarios, and in, and in some cases the donors could be very tax driven, right? Um, because the tax benefit is very similar to donating stock. You know, like you said, it's it's basically giving pre-tax dollars, right? No capital gains taxes on the amount you're giving. They get a great write-off. The charity doesn't have to pay taxes either, so it could be a 30% different difference for both sides. Um, you know, in some cases we're seeing that for the nonprofits. Um, the donors they're getting are either brand new donors who are, you know, completely new relationships. They're not people who were normally giving before. Um, and part of the reason is a lot of these crypto donors are only giving in crypto. Um, the reason for that is, you know, so many people, especially younger people who have a lot of crypto, the majority of their net worth is held in crypto, right? So they don't want to be spending a thousand dollars a month on their credit card for recurring gift. They would rather give a lump sum in crypto of those kind of pre-tax dollars. So we're finding these new relationships being forged with younger donors, which has been really great to see. Um, on the other hand, some nonprofits have existing donors who once they find out that, oh, hey, cool, my favorite nonprofit now takes Bitcoin, they start giving more um, you know, because of that tax benefit. Maybe they're donating with a credit card before and now they can give, I don't know, 20, 30% more every year because they're able to donate in crypto directly. Yeah, that's awesome. So you guys are bringing up, sounds like bringing a whole new group of individuals into generosity and donations and just, you know, philanthropy in and of itself. Um, is there anything else? Um, we help our clients do it. We talk to our prospects and clients about giving and the importance of doing it. Is there anything else from the traditional space, wealth management space that other financial advisors that maybe don't do that even with traditional stocks, but definitely aren't doing it with crypto that they should kind of be aware of um, to maybe just mention it to some of their clients that come to them as like, hey, awesome, I've got this Bitcoin that's up thousands of percent, but not so awesome. I have to pay taxes and I'd rather, you know, put it to a greater cause. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And, you know, the biggest thing is awareness, right? We spend a ton of time on education, making people aware that first, they can even donate crypto, right? That this is even a thing, that this is happening, that so many organizations are starting to accept crypto. And then once you make the donors aware of that, then also explaining the tax benefits, right? And usually that takes, it takes a bit, right? They don't always understand it right away. 
especially if they haven't donated assets before. Uh, we find that the older donors who have maybe donated stocks before, they tend to get the tax benefits right away. You just say, it's just like stocks, right? And then it clicks for them. With younger mm -hmm. donors who maybe haven't donated assets before, you've got to walk them through it a little bit more. Um, but, you know, once it clicks, you know, they get pretty excited about this, this tax benefit. And, you know, we essentially pitch it to them as, you know, would you rather donate to the IRS or your favorite charity around the corner, right? Um, and for a lot of donors, that's a pretty easy decision. Um, but yeah, the, like you said, the biggest thing is, is really awareness and just making people more aware that they can donate crypto and, and really for tax benefits, they should, right? If they're already donating something else. And that's one of the areas we focus on as well as kingdom versus world. So um, you can, you know, make a lot of money, save a lot of money, invest a lot of money and grow your wealth, but ultimately you got to pay tax, which is not a bad thing. Um, but you can pay it to uncle Sam, or you can give away in a lot of different ways to help a lot of other people that maybe need it, family members, friends, community, whatever it may be. So uh, we, we do similar. It's, it's one of the things we push is like, do you want to pay it to uncle Sam or do you want to, you know, have a big impact in somebody's life? So that's good to hear on the planning front. Um, in our world, we see a lot end of year. Oh no, I've got this tax bill coming up or I didn't give, I wanted to give, you know, just forgot about it. Uh, we try to try to knock that out on a workbook, walk clients through, have them set goals, have them set. If gener generosity is the thing they're interested in, have them set a dollar amount and one or two entities that they want to give to. So they do it up front, have, you know, the paperwork and everything, the documentation. So they're not running around at the end. Do you guys have deadlines that you have to face like that? Do you guys see the same thing? How does that look with the, with the digital asset class? Yeah, I mean, I would say we we see a relatively similar scenario play out, right? Where unfortunately, a lot of people wait until the very, very end of the year and they've got 24 hours left to donate and they're trying to figure out which nonprofit to donate to or they're trying to donate to a nonprofit which doesn't accept crypto yet and we've got to set them up last second and it's a, <laughs> it's a bit hectic, you know? So we try to encourage people like you, like you all do to in the beginning of the year, you know, have some sort of plan, right? Um, and maybe that plan needs to be updated or changed throughout the year. But as long as you're not waiting until the last day of uh, the year, um, that's the most important thing. And especially with crypto, right, where the, the value of your portfolio might change pretty dramatically, right? It can be just a year later that suddenly you're sitting on a lot more money than you maybe thought you would this quickly. Um, which is why having those kind of tax planning meetings ahead of time is really important. So when you hit certain milestones, right, you're like, all right, I already know where I'm donating and when I'm donating. Um, have that plan. And, and that way you can also get the best sort of, uh, in a sense, bang for your buck, right, when it comes to taxes and you're not missing any missing any savings. Yeah, and it makes sense. It just helps um, individuals remove some areas of financial stress. Like even though giving is a good thing, if you haven't really th thought through it, you've created some financial stress when otherwise, if you kind of take take time in the first part of the year to plan for the end of the year and then do it throughout. Um, it definitely makes life easier. I mean, the same can be said of just managing, you know, everyday cash flow for a household. Um, on the tax front, uh, I think you mentioned in, in prior conversation that, you know, my question is that because some people have 
crypto, you know, have purchased it over the years or some random exchanges and they don't know what they paid for it. They just know how much they have. Does that create a problem for you guys when you're helping these entities receive donations and there may or may not be cost basis or the reporting that you get from exchanges up until recently was almost nothing. So is how do you guys solve that problem or is it a problem? Yeah, so it, it's really something that, that falls on the donor um, in terms of responsibility. And what we find is that most donors are using some sort of tax software, right? Like TaxBit or CoinTrack or something to keep track of their cost basis. Um, so in most cases, we're finding they are able to figure that out. But it's just another reason why it's so important to keep good records, right? And keep track of things like cost basis. Because, you know, we've, we've talked about this in the past, but, you know, financial advisors are often going to say, donate your most highly appreciated asset first, right? So in order to figure that out, you need to know what has your lowest cost basis and what is appreciated the most, right? Mm -hmm. um, so don't just, you know, shoot from the hip and donate whatever comes top of mind first, right? Think about it for a minute, figure out which is appreciated the most and try to donate those assets first. Is there a benefit of doing one or the other, or is it just strictly look throughout all your assets and see what's appreciated the most? Yeah, I would say in general, look at what's appreciated the most, but there's of course a, a bit more nuance to it, right? Like some things are more liquid than others, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. So some might be easier to donate. And I would say in general, donating crypto is one of the easiest assets to donate um, just because mm -hmm. of how quick and easy it is to do, right? If you've got control of your own wallet, control of your own crypto, sending that crypto to a nonprofit could be faster than a credit card donation. That's assuming, right, the nonprofit you want to donate to is set up to accept crypto, Whereas with stocks, it, it can be a bit more manual in some cases, right? It's, it's not necessarily that streamlined yet. Um, but in general, I think good advice is, you know, donate your most highly appreciated assets first, unless it's maybe a house, which is a little bit harder to donate, right? <laughs> so that's one thing back on the end of year, you know, racing around um, in the traditional world, most assets take 48 hours to, to four days to settle those times are truncating down to inside of 48 hours. But um, if you're not sending cash, it, it still takes a lot of times multiple days. With crypto assets, it's instantaneous settlement or some others are pretty much confirmed settled in within an hour, 30 minutes. Does that help ease the pain for that year-end rush where uh, if you're sending stocks and you come in December 31st, you probably can't do it? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it certainly just adds to the convenience factor of donating crypto, right? Like you send it and the nonprofits got it 15 minutes later, probably. I mean, yeah. right, some small variation depending on the cryptocurrencies and things like that. Um, but in general, within the hour, the nonprofit's going to have it. And more likely than not, they're already going to have cash too. It's already going to be converted. So mm -hmm. another factor is, right, it's, it's less, there's less volatility risk. Even though crypto, you know, more broadly might be more volatile than stocks, you're having less time between when you send it and the nonprofit gets it. So, right, with stocks, if it's taken a couple of days, there's probably going to be some volatility in between. And with crypto, I mean, there is, you'd it's, have to get really unlucky, right? With like yeah. the time of those 15 minutes. And that's where it kind of works. You mentioned a couple of times like credit card payment or you, where it kind of actually works like dollars, but it's an appreciated asset, meaning that it settles so quickly that that you can or or like a credit card settlement it settles that quick where the value is basically still there um yeah. on that note if if i'm donating money to and you're an institution and so 
I just go on your site, click a button, do a crypto donation, boom, hit your wallet. Do I have any control if I say, I would like to donate this today, but I wish you got, you know, I would like for you to hold it for three years, five years, two years. Does that happen? Or is it strictly once it leaves my wallet and is in your institutional wallet, it's up to if you guys do an auto convert to dollars or if you hold it for some period and then sell it for dollars later, what does that yeah. look like? So it's, it's kind of case by case, depending on the nonprofit, you know, some nonprofits are very public about, Hey, if you donate crypto to us, we're not going to convert anything for, let's say, I don't know, three years, right. As an example, others are very upfront that, Hey, when you donate to us, it's immediately being converted. And, you know, we're putting it towards whatever program or project, right. Um, I would say most nonprofits though, if you reach out to them ahead of time, right. And make a request, like I'm donating a million dollars, but I'm only going to do it if you use it in this certain way, right. Or if you don't sell it for six months, um, that's a conversation worth having. If that's important to you, we've even seen donors reach out and say, I'm going to donate, you know, I don't know, let's say 10 Bitcoin as an example, but only if you promise that you're going to actually spend the Bitcoin. I don't want you to convert it to us dollars, but I want you to use it to buy things. I want you to send it to pay your staff in another country. I want you to use it to book an airline ticket, right? Um, so donors do occasionally make requests, but the majority I would say don't, and they just send it to whatever cause they care most about and trust that the nonprofit is putting it to good use essentially. Cool. And, and if you dig down into Bitcoin specifically, um, charitable entities is one of the early cases where you could make use of bitcoin in a much different way than you can traditional money do you guys get involved like multi-sig wallets or uh anything any time locks or saying hey i'm gonna send you this transaction with some time lock on it so it can't so nothing can happen to it until some point in the future do, do you get in that or do you just keep it very simple no, we, we keep it pretty simple for now, but that's something we'll we'll certainly consider in the future. And in and in some cases though, you know, it's very like project specific, right? Where it's a nonprofit like one we work with called Built with Bitcoin, where mm -hmm. they're getting Bitcoin or other crypto donations and then they're turning around the next day and sending that Bitcoin to their partners in Nigeria, where they're, you know, putting that money to use right away and literally building schools with Bitcoin. It's pretty cool. Right. That's cool. Um, so there are scenarios like that. And now one thing um, too, you had mentioned was Bitcoin Tuesday. That, that sounds interesting. Um, just, you know, building schools with Bitcoin sounded like a, you know, a phrase that you might throw out there market. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about Bitcoin Tuesdays? Yeah. Bitcoin Tuesday is something we started um, to basically run in parallel of giving Tuesday, right? It's, it's giving Tuesday, but for the crypto community, we wanted to create this, you know, major day of crypto giving and we use it as a way to kick off our end of year giving season. So like we talked about earlier, right? A lot of people donating in, you know, I would say, especially December. So we use that as kind of a kickoff for a month long campaign in December to remind people to get their donations in and, and support their favorite causes. And two big, uh, well, I guess three, three questions. Do you see, given the expenses that miners face related to mining, do they, do you see them being donors or strictly individuals? And then second part, are individuals driving the institutions to accept or are institutions saying, Hey, we recognize this as a new asset class that we can, we can accept. So we'll invite you to come do that. Yeah. So on the first part, um, you know, I would say right now it's primarily individuals who are donating, although um, maybe something like a, a quarter of our donation volume comes from corporations, not necessarily miners though. It's other crypto companies, right? So, 
some donors we've had in the past, like uh, Brave, the browser, mm-hmm. have made donations to our clients. Gemini, the crypto exchange, has made donations to some of our clients where they're making you know lump sum gifts as part of some kind of corporate social responsibility strategy, right? So that's certainly happening more and more. And even things like employee matching programs, right? We're helping companies with that kind of stuff too. Um, and then on your second question, could you remind me what the second piece was? Do, do you see individuals driving these um, oh, that's you right. know, charitable institutions to, to set up? Or do you see charities saying, hey, we recognize there's this new asset class out there. We're going to be open to that as well because it's an opportunity for them. So is the individual driving the entity or is the entity driving individuals? It's, it's both. Um, you know, I would say the individual is driving the entity in the case when it's a large donation. <laughs> um, you know, when it's a big enough sum that it's, it's very motivating for them to do something quickly. But in most cases, the organizations we're working with are being proactive instead of reactive, right? They don't want to be missing out. They've got some FOMO essentially, right? They see other nonprofits accepting crypto and bringing in millions. And they, they know they're missing out because if they're not set up to accept crypto, the donors that come to their website and don't see that as an option are probably going somewhere else, right? And they don't even realize how much they're missing out on. And once they start accepting crypto, they're often you know, pleasantly surprised by how many donations they get right off the bat. That's awesome. Um, and we touched a little bit on it, you know, um, younger generations involved in crypto a little bit earlier than older generations. So you've got this new money coming in, these people that haven't been exposed to donating as much. Do you see them have the same feelings around it? Meaning if if I'm a younger guy that is a crypto millionaire, multimillionaire, and I'm starting to donate that I continue to do so like people have done in the traditional world, or is it a one and done? Um, are, there, are there similarities, even though the asset's different in the personalities? I think it's, it's shaping to become relatively similar. Um, you know, we've worked really hard to really create this culture of giving within the crypto community, because to be honest, before we came around, it, it wasn't really a thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> People weren't donating crypto very commonly. So we're trying to create this, this really, I mean, like a culture of giving. We're doing things where we're trying to get people to be repeat donors, right? Not just one-off gifts because they had a good year. Um, so we've launched a couple different initiatives to try to help foster that. One thing we launched a couple months ago, and maybe you've come across this on the website, is our crypto giving pledge. This is meant to be the equivalent of, you know, the Bill Gates and Warren Buffett billionaire pledge, but for the Mm -hmm. crypto community. Um, The twist we put on it is that it has to be an annual gift of at least 1% of your portfolio every single year. And for companies, it's 1% of revenue every single year. For us, it was really important to have that distinction of an annual gift versus I'm going to donate, you know, 50% of my wealth over my lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to start getting people in the habit of that. And, and, you know, for now, it's it's mostly, you know, founders and executives of, of other crypto companies that have made quite a bit of money, right? Taking mm-hmm. this pledge, but ultimately, we hope this is something that, you know, the average crypto trader that's been trading crypto for a year takes as well. Um, and we really hope this becomes a, a you know a community wide effort as we really grow this. That's really cool, uh, especially in today's world with the problems that we have in the monetary system, um, because you've basically baked in tithing in a way where the community helps itself and in a roundabout way, rather than waiting on a central bank or some other entity to come take care of them. So it's it sort of it's helping bridge that gap of people giving back to people 
Yeah, I know they're giving yeah. to institutions, but people giving back to people rather than just kind of sitting on their money themselves. That that that's pretty interesting. One last thing is a big topic: um, theft, loss. Not really a lot of, and there's some insurance is starting to come out with Gemini and Coinbase and some form of interest with the, with those guys. Um, for you, uh, is, is that a thing? Are people concerned that if I send this to the wrong wallet or if something happens in transit and the crypto is lost, that there's no insurance? Do you, or do you have a different form of insurance? Yeah. So, I mean, we're mostly relying on the insurance of our exchange partners like Gemini, right? So, it's, it's kind of the same as it would be for other scenarios, right? Where they're insuring things like the hot wallets and things like that. I would say the biggest thing we focus on is, you know, trying to reduce that risk by abstracting a lot of the complexity away from the nonprofits and from the donors, right? Keep things really simple. So it's really, really hard to mess it up, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's really hard to send it to the wrong place. And there's no way, for example, that the nonprofit can even lose their private keys um, because they are actually being, you know, managed by Gemini. Yeah. Um, so for them, we've simplified it where it's just like for them logging into a bank account, right? They've got an email and a password where they log in, they can access their funds. They don't need to worry that they wrote their private keys on a piece of paper they threw away, right? And divided it up and sent it to four different parts of the United States. I know um, some of the Maxis might not be happy, but that's one way that mass adoptions happen and is make it easy. Yeah. Yeah. So love the conversation and, and appreciate your time. If, if basically, if I wanted to put on a website or some organization wanted to put a website. Will we link to you guys or would we get your widget, slap it on our website? And then when users click, do they come to you or do they go, do we have like a preferred set of organizations that we want to list that are their options? Yeah. So there's, there's two different ways you could go about doing that. And we work with a lot of different corporate partners on this. The one kind of first and easiest way is, you could basically add like a donate crypto button to your website that would link the user to our fundraising platform that lets them choose from any of the hundreds of nonprofits that we work with. Um, and in that case, right, we could, we could let you know, like, okay, you had this many users donate this month, right? You can kind of track the donations that way. If you want to support, um, you know, these organizations in a more sort of direct way on your platform, we also have an API that you could integrate. So you could integrate the API to support all the causes or even a select group, like we only want to support 10 of the 400, right? That's totally fine too. And we would have sort of the back end um, and the API to power that. And you can actually build your own sort of mini donation platform within your website in a really easy way. Um, and we're seeing more and more interest from that, right? We just announced a partnership with Bybit, the exchange. They're going to be using our API to actually build a donation platform within the exchange. Um, where their users can donate to every nonprofit that we work with. So that's going to be really cool for making donating crypto basically more top of mind for all of their users. That's super cool. Um, great job. And, and hope you guys hit it out of the park with that. So don't want to take up too much of your time. I appreciate you coming on today, Alex. And if you want to let everyone know where that where's best to find you, the organization, uh, the giving block, you just yeah. let us know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you want to check out the, the organization, the giving block, just the giving .com, or, you know, follow us on Twitter at the giving block. That tends to be our most active social media channel. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Dane.